to the GBC Big 3 podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and joining me yet again, my dear friend and co-host, Jessica Baker. Jessica Baker, how do you do? (laughs) I do well. How do you do? (laughs) I do delightfully. Um, Listen, it's this time of the year that I have a certain... I don't want to say argument because that seems antagonistic, mm-hmm. but, you know, debate, yeah. a robust debate with um, a plethora of people. Mm. And so I just want to bring you into this space. Um, I'm ready. When is it appropriate to put up your Christmas tree? Because we are in mm. the last week of November and people get a little, I'm going to say they get a little trigger happy. They um, do. And they, do. they just start, you know. Just, just getting festive. Hanging those baubles <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> hanging them baubles. Look, I, I think it's a sensitive topic. It and is. look, if you're one of those people who 2020 has not been kind to, you put up your tree in September. <laughs> you go, you do you, girl. <laughs> you need a little but for <laughs> myself, Christmas cheer. <laughs> for myself, it's the 1st of December. It has to be. But even I'm... I think I'm a bit of a Grinch this year. I had a conversation with my husband. I was like, Jake, our our house looks so nice and I love our lamp where it is and I don't want to move things. So (laughs) can we not put up our Christmas tree this year? Wow. And so I don't, I don't know if I will. That surprises me because I, if I'm being honest, I thought that you would have been the person who like yeah. in October yeah. started like pulling out the tinsel and the lights. No, and- I'm the one death staring the shops when like Santa comes out oh, wow. like <laughs> before Halloween. I'm just like, what is this? What? It's not Christmas yet, guys. <laughs> the Easter show though, on the other hand, I am all for, I like literally on Christmas day every year, I'm like, guys, it's not long until the Easter show. <laughs> so wait, so first really of December. Yeah. Falls on a Monday. Yeah. So are you like... Yeah, I'm a shift worker. Whatever. I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm chilling by myself, putting up the tree. Always to Mariah Carey. Has to be. We had um, just a doozy of a tantrum from our four-year-old yesterday who had his Zoom Christmas concert. (laughs) We really need to let go of Zoom, guys. Yeah, move on. But um, And so he came home and was like, where is our Christmas tree? I want to do it now. But we had Life Group on. So we were like, mate, you need to eat your dinner and go to bed because we got people coming over poor guy just wants the christmas just, cheer he just had a meltdown yeah. i think he is that person who 2020 is just not being kind <laughs> yeah. to and he's he just like tree up. just need the tree <laughs> he needs he's the more, joy he's more interested in the presents underneath but that's fine aren't we all anyway listen if you're putting up your christmas tree like like just said you just do you yeah you just do you, you do you <laughs> <laughs> Well, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Roxanne Lawler, who preached during our online services this past Sunday. Jess and I will be putting the big three questions to her as we dive deeper into the invitation from this week's sermon. And for those of you who missed it, Roxy spoke about showing up, even when it gets hard, as part of our current series on evangelism called Plan A. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But for now, Jess... Keen to hear your thoughts coming out of Roxy's message. Um, I really liked the message. I loved uh, the, like, you can tell she's a, a children's pastor. I just, like, love that. <laughs> love those vibes. Um, and I love the imagery that was used um, about the, the clay and this, like, pot of clay that's really fragile and it's got, like, a 20-20 size crack in it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just all struggling to hold ourselves together. Um, but that it's filled with this spiritual dynamite. I really loved yeah. that. And I was like, oh, look at me go with my spiritual dynamite ready to go off. <laughs> just with- a firecracker <laughs> yeah. waiting to happen. Yeah, I love that. I thought it very much symbolizes me and my weak clay kind of exterior. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, God uses us regardless. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 I did not make that up. That was actually. <laughs> that was Roxy. <laughs> that was Roxy. <laughs> 
bless her. What about you? Um, I loved that whole. Um, I love alliteration. Huge fan of alliteration. Yes. So any three point sermon that has alliteration, mm-hmm. I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roxy delivered as she well always does, praying. Uh, prompt when we're prompted and pressing in. I love that prompting piece about just like what it actually looks like to listen to the Holy Spirit and and listen out for mm. for those kind of moments and those opportunities. I actually think that's one of our big three questions that we're going to be yes. discussing later today. Just a little so. little foreshadowing for all our <laughs> listeners out there. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciated that. I was like, yes, we need to be talking about that more and kind of not being scared of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes... Yeah you know, the Holy Spirit is this reverend kind of thing. And it's like, actually, like the Holy Spirit is here to guide us. Like we need to be listening out and seeing yeah. what that looks like. I mean, sometimes it does prompt us to do some crazy things. Crazy things. So but- a little <laughs> tentative caution, <laughs> but jumping in head but first anyway. In, let's go for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a cracker. Um, well, I think it's time for us to start looking at the three big questions submitted through Slido this week. So Jess, what are our big three? Question one is when we show up, what does it look like for us to set forth the truth of the gospel plainly? Yeah, that's huge because I think, and that's been something that's been quite common in, um, I don't know about you guys, but in our life group, we've been doing the plan A life group material Mm -hmm. and Belinda's constantly talking about like those conversations, those gracious conversations where you can just kind of, just kind of inject your faith into what you're talking about. Um, And she kind of, yeah, she holds that in a different light to that gospel presentation. Let me tell you in five minutes mm. what it looks like to to know Jesus. Yeah, and so sure. sometimes, yeah, we're not, we're not sure which way we're meant to go. So I'm keen for that. Yeah, for sure. Question two is what are some of the barriers facing believers today that are stopping us from showing up? Which I think if we all sat down for a hot second, we'd be able to, <laughs> we'd, we'd really feel them. Yeah, but yeah. it's good to kind of chat about them and, and kind of work through them. Mm. Question three is how do we go about learning to better hear the promptings of the spirit? There we go. Classic. Told you. Classic. Foreshadowing. Yeah, for sure. Comes to fruition. Which is, it's a real skill, which we'll obviously get into. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm keen. Well, there's only one thing missing and that is Roxy herself. Welcome, Rox. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, pumped. Now, in your message, I was actually just going to ask you like the general what's new in the zoo. But as Jess and I were just talking about the message, I was reminded about some of the sayings in your family. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned in your message, what was it like? Oh, yeah. Don't go out in the street when there's gunfire. That one. Yes, I have been asked about this. Can you please explain? Yes, please explain. (laughs) Please explain. Uh, Yeah, we have a few family rules and obviously showing up is one of them, as I mentioned. Um, But yeah, we did have actually a couple of incidences where this very famous rule came from. One of them was um, was there literally was gunfire in our street and I went to the window. Uh, there was a domestic incident uh, a long, long time ago. Oh and I, we were yeah, first who married. has guns in Australia? I know, I know. It was a long, long time ago. And, and I'm like, oh, let's go and check it out. And, um, you know, like as a lovely newlywed and my husband's like, no, no, we don't check out gunfire in the street. We've <laughs> got married. What a wise man. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we had a some, some, some sort of mob while I walked past um, the place where we were living as well and I'm like, I'm going to get out there in my dressing gown, you know, and, you know, see what's going on. He's like, no, no, remember that the whole thing about keeping safe inside the house? Yeah, yeah and so it's sort of just become a bit of a, a joke. Where did you live? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Beirut. No, I'm just kidding. It was not Beirut. <laughs> no, it was years and years ago and it's just been a famous thing. So. Well, bless you, Mark Lawler, for yeah. keeping Roxy yeah. alive all these keeping years. alive. <laughs> I know, I know. There's always one in a relationship. <laughs> oh. 
Bless him. Well, we're, we're glad that you're here today. Yeah, thank you. To help us unpack the big three. Thank you, Jesus. So let's get into the big three. So, Roxy, obviously we're talking about your house rules and Lola house rule number one is just to show up, which I love because there's so many times when I'm just like, nah, I'm not keen for that party or even like youth group every week, Mm -hmm. I'm not keen. And then you show up and God does amazing things. Mm. So when we actually do get up the courage, leave our house and show up, what does it look like for us to set forth the truth of the gospel plainly? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, and Paul brings this up in, in 2 Corinthians. He mm. talks about that, setting forth the truth of the gospel plainly or um, having an open statement of the truth. Um, I think there's a couple of elements to that that I kind of want to unpack, just two of them. Um, first, I think for Paul it was about not making it about him and, and I think that's the same for us. We want to we show people the gospel but not with cunning mm. or our own eloquence, mm. uh, which is really good for me because I fail on both counts yeah, there so badly. <laughs> yeah, um, It's not depending on our skills like as, an, um, you know, as a, a preacher or a speaker or mm. a debater. Uh, and it's not about if you can sell ice to Eskimos. Um, there's just a pure element of being honest and open and sincere mm. uh, and just living out the truth unapologetically. Uh, so it's not when we, when we set forth the truth of the gospel plainly, it's not an act. And yeah. um, also it's not an act of desperation either. So, you know, it's just who we are being very sincere and open and, um, and to be gentle in that. Being on someone's side, I think, is is really important mm. when we're we're. we're setting forth the truth of the gospel plainly. So so being open and honest and, um, and not being about us is first. But I think secondly, Paul does talk a little bit about not watering down the gospel. He, he uses the words distort God's word or falsify God's word. Mm. Um, and so he kind of is relating to back in those times when there was markets and vendors vendors would sell stuff, right? And, uh, you know, if you were selling wine, you might put water in the wine just to sort of, you know, get out, you know, raise the profits a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're selling like grain, you might put... for that. No, 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 you would <laughs> not, no. <laughs> Although, you know, like if you're buying a weight of grain, they might put pebbles in it to, you know, like make it look really heavy, but <gasps> how rude, I, I know. <laughs> how rude, I know. And so this is this kind of concept of distortion um, or, um, yeah, mucking around with the word of God. It, it doesn't need anything added to it. It doesn't need to be watered down. It's just the pure word of God and that's what we hold out. Mm. So as, as believers, uh, we have to keep those two things in tension, right? We have to speak forth the truth plainly and mm. not water it down or not, you know, add our own. No, sugar coated as well. Yeah, it sound exactly, like exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and but do that in a way we are, where we are sincere and open and vulnerable um, and, and trustworthy. Mm. So can you see the tension there, the balance there? That's mm. I think that's what he's talking about. And when I think about it, the gospel is really confronting. Like yeah. the gospel, yeah. uh, especially to modern ears, it is offensive. Mm. Um, we are literally saying to people, um, you are a, a sinner in need of a saviour, mm. that, that Jesus came and he died because you can't be friends with God. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people's backs get up, you know, like, what do you mean? I'm a sinner. You know, I'm not a sinner. I do everything right. I do the right thing. You know, I don't need... I'm a good person. Yeah, I'm a great person. Yeah, taxes. absolutely. <laughs> 
get out of here with your talk of a saviour kind of thing. <laughs> but but that's the that's the truth of the gospel mm. is that we are all sinners, you know, like all of us, myself included. Um, and so for me, this setting forth the truth plainly is actually about how do I how do I present that truth and not sugarcoat it, as you say, Jess, mm. but be sincere and honest and. Um, yeah, I guess reading the room <laughs> as oh, well. Ain't you that know, a skill, though. oh, it is, it is. Um, like it is offensive. We don't need to be offensive. Mm. You know, mm. like that's that's it. You know, the only thing that should offend people is the gospel, not us as believers, and not the way that we not the way it. we present it. Mm. Yeah. So for me, I think that's kind of a bit of a tension there. I love that piece where you were talking about like it, it can't be an act. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think sometimes the way that um, uh, Christians can be perceived is um, a little bit self-righteous because we come in and we're like, well, we know the truth and yeah. and this is this is what you should be doing and these yeah. are the things that you should be changing. And don't get me wrong, like there's there is scripture to back that up. Like we believe mm-hmm. that scripture is the truth. So, yes, we believe that we have mm-hmm. the truth. Um, but I think sometimes we can present ourselves as having it all mm-hmm. under control. Yep. Like we've worked mm-hmm. through this, guys. We've got this. Yep. Um, you know, I'm kicking my goals. I'm mm-hmm. hitting my milestones. Mm-hmm. And you're the one who needs to figure out what's going on for you yep. because mm-hmm. I've already done that for me. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I think that's where the world, those who um, those who aren't believers, kind of look in and they're like, wait, hold up. Like yeah. I, I see I see some discrepancies in your story. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lack of integrity here. Mm-hmm. I see a little bit of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that whole and, and Belinda talks about this a lot in the mm-hmm. life group material. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole like actually no, just being genuine about what your faith looks like. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus and man, it is it is tough. Like mm-hmm. like you said, Jess, not sugarcoating it. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Actually following the call and the life that Jesus calls us to live is hard sometimes because mm. it's countercultural. It can be isolating. Sure. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes even challenge some of the values that maybe your culture um, has. And so that can be tough. Like you're constantly, yeah. you know, having to kind of navigate that and reconcile that. And, you know, sometimes it's tough because it does call out sin in your life and you've kind of got to go through this on a, well, if it's me on a pretty regular basis, like this little <laughs> self-help like, yeah. or not self-help Jesus help kind of program where it's like, all right, like JC, like let's work, yeah, on, let's this. work on this. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we don't, not that we don't, but I don't see us very much in a public space doing that, like talking about that side of mm. faith a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's where others who don't yet know Jesus, who don't yet, you know, mm. who aren't a part of a community of faith kind of go, well, this feels like an act for you because no one's got it all together. Yeah. Um, so don't tell me that you do or don't even present yourself as if you mm. do. Um, and I think it's actually really powerful when we come in and we're like, yeah, man, like I struggle with that too. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I have weeks where, you know, I don't feel overly close to my savior, um, mm-hmm. or overly worthy of his salvation. Um, let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> really good, Matt. Um, I think as you were 
talking, I was thinking what we do as well is we present the gospel as just purely salvation. And mm. um, I think what you're talking about is sanctification, right, mm. which is an old school Christian word for being transformed into the image of Christ. Yeah. You know, the work that God does in us to make us more holy, more mm. like him. Uh, and so I think when we do tell people about Jesus, we're often going, yeah, you need to be saved, which is true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's there's also the and then he's going to make you you know, more like him, he's going to mm. do a work in, in your life. And so because that part we keep private mm. and we don't even mention it, well, you know, like how do people yeah. know what's what's really going on in the life of a yeah. believer when they don't see that process lived out and Absolutely. they just see salvation, salvation, Absolutely. salvation. And it's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. We need to start mm. We need to start talking about that more because I think, you know, I think a lot of uh, Christians and non-Christians kind of go, okay, it's it's a moment. Yeah, like for you're in, you're out. Like, yeah, and <laughs> it's like no, like there is so much that goes yeah. on beforehand, yeah. and there is so much that goes on after, yeah. Yeah. and we're all somewhere on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like we're all somewhere in the middle, kind of figuring mm-hmm. it yeah. out. Yeah, um, and it's tricky sometimes. Um, and it's only through the grace of God and the promptings of His Spirit that yeah. we kind of get mm-hmm. some form of yeah. sense of direction of where we're going. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I think this whole like evangelism is just so tricky, especially what you're saying, Rox, about like coming in with your own kind of agenda or your own mm. like and that might not necessarily be from a bad place. I think whenever I get an opportunity to talk about the gospel to someone, I'm like, I've got to get it all out. I've got to say <laughs> yeah. exactly the right thing. This is the moment. This is their deciding yeah. point. Yeah. But that's just not what it's about. Yeah. And you no. end up getting caught up in in this kind of, yeah, this agenda that you have. It makes it really hard yeah. to read the room yeah. if you're like, no, no, I'm not I'm not looking at what they're doing. Yeah. I've just got to say my bit and yeah. that's how it's gonna be. Yeah. So taking a moment to kind of sit back and go, actually, what do you like, what do you want to hear? Yeah. What what questions do you have? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Actually, we were in life group last night, we were talking about this and my wife said something and I was like, Oh, this is this is actually a really significant thing. She talked about how like we actually need to remember that we need to be invited into someone's space. Mm. Um because I think, you know, historically that whole, hey, I'm just going to grab you in the street and yeah. tell you about Jesus. Like, <laughs> Works it's never, really well. <laughs> it's never gone over yeah. like that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually by being invited in by someone to kind of go, hey, I, I'd actually like to hear what you've got to say about faith. That's mm-hmm. really significant as mm-hmm. well. And I think For that sure. that's a huge part of how we set forth the truth. Yeah, yeah, being finding people of peace, mm. sometimes called. Mm. Yeah, and that's good. I think you're sort of tapping almost into the next question. So I'm like, oh, gosh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed to do that. Oh, I don't so. know. I just, I'm like, well, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's move on to question two. Well, Rox, clearly there are... Um, evangelism is something that makes people kind of clam up inside sometimes and get a little bit Mm -hmm. anxious, a little bit overwhelmed. Um, And there are a lot of things, a lot of barriers um, or perceived barriers that we have that are kind of between us and being able to share the gospel Mm -hmm. with those who we know. Um, What do you see are some of the barriers facing believers today that are stopping us from showing up? Yeah, it's such a great question. I love it. And, um, Wow. You know, how long have we got? Um, A while. (laughs) Um, I think um, 
I can personalise it to start with and then we can branch it out. But for me, I live too much in Christian land, I think. That's a big Mm. issue for me. Uh, There is a statistic that says the longer that you've been a Christian and a believer, um, the the less chance it is that you're actually going to have unchurched or non-Christian friends. Um, So, you know, like after you've been a believer for a long time, you tend to sort of isolate yourself in Christian land. Mm. And Christian Mm. land's lovely because we all love each other and we love Jesus. And even when we... Christian land you're living in. Like, yeah, even, but even when we disagree in Christian yeah. land, like, yeah. you know, everyone's got to eventually know that there's got to be some sort of resolution forgiveness and, you know, because God doesn't look kindly on the opposite. <laughs> so, but we're all committed to the cause of Christ and, you know, there's support and help and et cetera. Um, so there's a bit of a disconnect for me between, you know, the rest of the world and the church. Um, but that's the same as it ever was. It's always been that way for mm. thousands of years, right? Um, and we're called to be in the world but not of the world, Um, bringing out all the old classics that I love. But uh, I love that, to be in the world but not of the world. Um, But I think often the thing that paralyzes me the most is something that you tapped in on before, Jess, which is um, needing to know all the answers. Mm. Like I'm not God, (laughs) I'm not Jesus, I don't have all the answers. And sometimes I think that can really hinder me because I'm worried that if I have a conversation with someone, they're going to ask me these difficult questions and I'm just not going to have the Mm. answers. I don't know everything. Um, And so therefore if I don't have all the answers, well, I'm not really qualified to answer anything, you know, and that's that's not true Mm. Um, but sometimes, you know, I can have a bit of self-talk in that. Um, But I think for me – my expectation of what people want is is stopping me because I think I'm there to provide answers. Whereas, what if God's really got me there to listen? Yeah. You know, what if God's really um, got me with a, a somebody who's interested in faith, but I'm not there to be the the answer. Jesus is the answer. Yeah. But I'm actually there to be their soft landing space and the person who listens to them. Because mm. in in my experience, what happens is when you ask somebody a question about well what do you think about God or, um, you know, what do you think? They'll, and if, and if there's a good relationship in trust and, you know, you've, you're really on their side, you know, you're really there for them, then they're going to be able to share, share what they think. And, and I find that people don't know what they think. People don't, people have very simple Hollywood-esque Mm. understandings of yeah. God and the devil and hell and who goes to heaven and all that kind of stuff. And, and as they speak it out, then they can see their beliefs for themselves, right? Mm. They're not being told anything. They're actually expressing what they think. And sometimes when when they've kind of spoken it out and laid it all out in front of themselves, they can go, huh, I, I didn't know that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that's what mm. I believed. And then once you know what is happening for them, then you can engage with them a little bit. Mm. Um, so it's less about me having the answers and telling them everything mm. they need to know rather than about me actually being there for them and caring for them and listening to them yeah. so they can see their own story. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and I, like, I, th- I think that comes back to um, that whole, you know, when we present the gospel it shouldn't be an act. Mm, um, mm. And yeah. n- not that our intention is to put on an act, mm. but I think sometimes this this preconceived idea that we need to have it all sorted yeah. out yeah. is the thing that, you know, mm. that's what, that's what instills fear in us, fear yeah. of rejection mm-hmm. because maybe I say the wrong thing, fear yeah. of hostility mm-hmm. because maybe I might offend. Yeah. Um, 
And I actually think we need to get rid of that. What I've loved so much about um, all of Belinda's materials and what we've kind of been unpacking mm. each and every week is that this evangelism is not, I mean, it can be for some a, a calling in their life. Um, mm. You know, if you're the Belinda Lakelands of the world. Yeah, and you're gifted. And you're gifted. Like, but we're also all called to evangelize with those who we're just doing mm. life yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there are people in my life who I have pre-existing relationships with, family and friends, um, who don't know Jesus. And so I'm not going to go up to them and be like, mm. hey, guys, I, I know everything that there is to know yeah. about this man, JC. <laughs> give me give me one hour and yeah, then yeah, I'll yeah. change your mind. Yeah, yeah. What, I'm, what, what I'm taking from this whole, um, all of these principles collectively, is that I need to be doing life with them yeah. through mm. thick and thin, yeah. through hard and through good, mm. and, mm-hmm. and to be Christ as best I can, yeah. as, you know, as Jesus continues to do work mm. in me, mm. to reflect that in mm. how I relate to them so that mm. when, not if, he says in faith when, yeah. they kind of go, hey, I noticed this or I need help with that. Or kind of like that yeah. friend that mm-hmm. you mentioned who yeah, was just, just like, out of the blue. I'm at the end yeah. of my rope. I think I mm-hmm. need Jesus. Yeah. That I'm, I've, I've laid the foundation mm-hmm. in our, in our friendship, in our yeah. relationship, to be the person yeah. to yeah. help. Yeah, because you're trustworthy yes. to use one of our, um, <laughs> yes, you know. And so I think, and and that's where that just genuine reflect, uh, that genuine representation of of faith is Mm. super important. Don't, don't get caught up in a, I need to say the right thing. I need to have a certain qualification. I need to, you know, have Mm. all the answers. It's just, you know, Mm. if there's a moment where someone throws you a question that Mm. you're like, I don't know, Mm. just be like, yeah, I'm still figuring that out as well. Yeah. How refreshing would that be? Yeah, be like, yeah. Do you want to figure it out together? Yeah. Ooh, there's a bit of an invitation to kind yeah, of explore Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can read the Bible together. Yeah. yeah, like ask them, yeah. say, hey, you know what? Would you like to read the Bible with me? Hey, last time you we know? caught up, you asked this question. I actually found a few passages. Yeah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, cool, we're called guys. to be witnesses, yes. you know, like not judges. Um, mm. So we're called to just share what it is that God's done in our life and the difference he's made in our life mm. in a way that is sincere and open and loving. Yeah. Um, but we're not you know, called to sort of convince other people, mm. um, you know. Yeah, so there's that sense of, of just, as you say, being trustworthy, being yeah. there for them, um, being very transparent about about who we are. And mm. We don't have the answers and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, we're not God. <laughs> no, that's so good. Yeah. I also think one of the barriers that, are, that we're facing, and we've spoken about this a couple of times, like is that pressure of pace. I mm. think, mm. Um, you know, we just yeah. live in this fast-paced society um, that – that just kind of dictates the, mm. the speed in which we, we have to function at. Yeah. And it makes it really easy for us to kind of just go uh, be a little bit selfish and just kind of go, I don't have time for that right mm. now. Mm. I don't have time to show up. So if something, if we get mm. a little bit of pushback or something's a little bit difficult um, and we have to persevere, we have to endure, um, we're less likely to, mm. um, I don't mean this as a universal truth, but yeah. like, you know, because it's like, oh, I don't have time for that right now. I'll just keep going. Yeah. And then we let these opportunities pass us by. Yeah. That's difficult, um, isn't it? Yeah. When you, just, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a pace issue. There's an answers issue. Mm. Um, I, I sometimes suspect there might be a, what do we understand the gospel to be issue? Mm. Um, because I think we were talking before about, we just focus on salvation and not sanctification, yeah. but actually God is renewing and restoring the world. Mm. And, um, and he calls us to be stewards of the world. And I know for, you know, like my kids and the generation to come, like the earth, the, the 
planet, the environment is massively important. Mm. Um, you know, the cause of refugees is hugely important mm. to them. And and so when I come to them and talk about Jesus wants to save you from your sins, it's just so foreign. Mm. Um, whereas I've actually um, perceived the gospel to be much more holistic and broad than it is, which I yeah. do believe it is, yeah. um, then I can actually invite people into saying, you know, that God is a creator God who's made this beautiful world and is actually asking us to partner with him mm. in renewing and restoring things. That includes people. That includes the environment. That includes the lost and the least. Yeah. And and I think sometimes um, we just we've, – we've individualised the gospel for, for years and I don't know if it's done us any favours. You know, yeah. like you are the most important person in the world. You know, we say and if Jesus just – you know, even if you were the only sinner, Jesus would have come to save you alone. And, and while that may be true mm. – um, that sense of individualism is not where this next generation are at. They're actually much more corporate yeah. than that and they're part of this bigger picture. You know, they think in team. They think in um, a global body. And I think maybe we need to be speaking into that a little bit more mm. as well and inviting yeah. people into actually God has this worldwide plan. It's a big plan. It's been mm. going on for years and he does care about the environment. He does care about you know, the least, the lost, the hurt, mm. the broken, the, you know, the things that hold us bondage, you know, slavery, et cetera, all these issues which are so important for that generation. Yeah. So when we when we present the gospel, if I can use that, you know, as a term, what is the gospel we're presenting? Yes, it does need to be about Jesus at yeah. the centre. and Yes, it does need to be about, you know, being part of his family and being invited in, but it's broader mm. than that as well. Mm. It needs to be a little bit maybe more holistic. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that heaps. I love that. Christians would be noticed and, and we would be seen to be following kind of what this next generation is up to if we're the yeah, ones who yeah. care about the environment, we're the ones who, you know, take yeah. up the charge and, and do what we can for refugees and people like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. We need to kind of be seen mm. to be the forefront of that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think that's watering down the gospel no, or no. I don't think it's changing the gospel like Paul warned against. I think it's actually about expanding it to what was already part of God's mission mm. um, and God's interest and, and opening our eyes to it and going, oh, look, it's more, it's big, it's so much more yeah. than this. You know, God is bigger than I can even fathom, you mm. know, and look what he's doing in all these parts of the world. He's already doing it. Yeah. Let's jump on board and be part of that. I think that brings mm. back to you saying like read the room. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of, you know, as we meet people, um, mm. as we get to know people, as we kind of connect with people, mm. kind of going, you know, what's a, what's a part of a gospel, what's part of the gospel mm. that would be helpful to, to you in yeah. this moment, like mm. where you're at in your life? Because yeah, yeah. I think what we, what we need to understand and what we believe is that, you know, if someone got involved in exploring the gospel from an environmental perspective, yeah. it is only a matter of time until they're going to come face to face with Jesus yeah. and, mm -hmm. and start to grapple with who he is yeah. and the relationship that he calls them into. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I don't think that that's watering down, no. but that's helping yeah. people kind of see that, yeah, there's, there's more to the gospel than just um, the way we yeah 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 and, and very individualistic and yeah. very much about me and yeah. my little world and getting my ticket to heaven when I die mm. you know like that's you know God has invited us into so much more mm. so much more you know and it's exciting yeah. to be a part of and and I think that next generation that's coming up they want to be part of something bigger than themselves mm. and and something life-changing and transformative mm. you know and we have that we have that in spades yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> 
It's great. I suppose this touches on one of the kind of the biggest barriers is the way the church is perceived and that we have been all mm. kind of high and mighty previously mm. and condemnation mm. and, and all this kind of stuff. We've got a really bad rep, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, mm. which is unfortunate. If we can kind of <laughs> shift that around and, and change it so that yeah. the, the next generation notices us and, mm. and notices like not just yeah. why we're doing these yeah. things. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And and maybe we need to also repent and apologize for that as well. Yeah. Like I have a friend who does this. Um, when she finds that somebody's been really hurt or injured by the church in the past, she just takes it on herself and says, look, I, I didn't hurt you, but you know, like you have been hurt by the church and let me, as a person who goes to church, let me apologise sincerely to you and mm. and just say how sorry I am that mm. you've been hurt uh, and you've been wounded and I recognise that and I see it and, and I just want to say I'm so sorry that this happened to you. It shouldn't have happened to you and, and it was a wrong thing. And mm. she actually just apologises almost like as a, a representative or an ambassador for Jesus. Yeah. And, um, which is biblical. <laughs> which is biblical. Yeah, we are ambassadors, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you know, it's not her fault, but she sort of just uh, takes on that role just mm. to, to bring about some healing yeah. and um, a bit of an olive branch. And it's it kind of works, you know, yeah. because people go, yeah, you know, I know it's not your fault, but thank you. Yeah, that can be really powerful. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to question three. So this is the final week of plan A, and so we want to kind of jump in, start applying it. Let's bring out the three Ps. Uh, Rox, how do we go about learning to better hear the promptings of the Spirit? Oh, this is a good one. I'm so <laughs> underqualified, though, but I I'm love so it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, I was trying to think through what, what happens for me um, when I hear the promptings of the Spirit, and I kind of um, I do f- hear the voice, so if, if I can use that word of the Spirit, through promptings or pressings or a heaviness or a burden or a weight. That's how I kind of describe it. Um, but... How do we go about learning? Well, to be honest, I think what we need to do is is change our expectations. I think sometimes we only want the big or the dramatic, you know, yeah. signs from heaven from God because yeah. – uh, and I think that's part of our journey. Like we have fooled ourselves, particularly in the West, into thinking that our lives are fine without God, like our very next breath doesn't depend on him. Um, and so because we're so fine, you know, we're fine with our money and we know where our next meal's coming from, we've got a roof over our hair, we've got a car, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's really only when things get really hairy and scary that we run to the throne of grace. You know, it's only when big things yeah. occur that we go, oh, and freak out and run to Jesus. Um, but, but that's not the way faith is formed or listening to the Spirit is formed. It's not just in those mountaintop experiences or those deep, dark valley experiences. Mm. It's, in the, it's on the daily, right? It's on the regular. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, it's, it's the daily small practices that I would like to see people start inclining their ear and listening mm. to the Spirit. Um, Jesus actually tells a story in, in a few of the Gospels about some servants who have been faithful with little things. And, and he's, Jesus says about these, these uh, fictitious people, he says, you know, you've been faithful with little things, I'm going to make you faithful with much. It's like stories about masters and servants. Mm. Um, so if, when we're faithful with little things, God will make us faithful with much. And I, I just want to encourage us to actually, well, let's be faithful in the little things mm. because if we want God to, you know, give us much we need to do the little stuff um and so this i think it's it's reading your bible 
Um, and that's that's great, but maybe you could try reading your Bible in a really deep way um, once a week. Um, so you could do a, a Lectio Divina maybe once a week. You can find out what that is by Googling it. Um, and praying and asking God to speak to you. Um, and, um, yeah, so doing a really deep read. I think one of the ways that God speaks to me that you could try is – is when someone comes into my mind and it's sort of a reoccurring pattern, you know, they come into my mind and, and they just won't let go. Well, you know, I've thought about them like three times um, and I'm like, why are they coming into my mind? Yeah. Maybe this is a small, small thing where you can, you know, ask God, is this you? Is yeah. this you, Holy Spirit? Are you bringing this person into mind? And you've got to use wisdom in this. I'm not, you know, like if you bring it in your ex-boyfriend three times, then, you know, maybe <laughs> get some wisdom there and go, hey, hey, hey is that going to go well? Maybe not, back up. Um, you know, is that the Holy Spirit? Or am I just lonely? I don't know. Um, but, you know, like you've got to use a bit of wisdom in this. Um, but if someone's coming into your mind a bit, then you could sort of say, well, okay, I'm going to just reach out to them and shoot them a text and say, mm. hey, been thinking of you, how are you going? And, and, and leave it there, leave it there. Um, or if maybe there's you get a burden to pray for somebody, like, you know, you just they're on your mind and, and God just keeps putting them, you know, like almost like they're a weight on your mind or on your shoulders, pray for them, pray for it, pray for them until it lifts. Mm. Um, pray for them out loud, walk up and down if you need to. Um, you might get a burden or uh, a desire to pray for a nation. You know, sometimes God gives people these tasks just, you know, they've got a nation on their, on their heart that they have to pray for, a ministry. Um, there's no harm in praying for somebody. There's a little bit of a risk in sending someone a text. There's more of a risk in ringing them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the key thing as we learn to discern the spirit, the key thing, it's not about you. Mm. Um, and I think as we listen to the Holy Spirit and try and go, okay, the people that keep coming into my mind, the key is, is this about me? Mm. And if it's not about you mm. and it's using wisdom and it seems to be a biblical thing and it's encouraging and supportive or whatever, then try it because it's a little thing. And, and as we become faithful in the little stuff, yeah. then God might give us bigger stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah I love that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that there's an important challenge in that, which is mm. we need to, in a way, demystify the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Holy Spirit's yeah. always going to be kind of mystifying. But, yeah. But, yeah, these these expectations that God only works in the big. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's not. It's, yeah. just not, it's, <laughs> it's not. just not true. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I love this idea. And, and it's such a it's such a simple and tangible mm. thing that we could each take hold of this week mm. as we kind of go mm. into, you know, the second yeah. half of our week yeah. and just kind of go, okay, so I'm just going to – I'm just not going to – ignore the little things that I kind of yeah. notice mm -hmm. um, because it, it is so easy for us to just yeah. be like, oh, you know, why is this person coming into my mind yeah. or yeah. why do I feel like I need to, I don't know, whatever it is, like whatever yeah. the prompting is, go here or do this yeah. or be involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes we just let it be fleeting thought and then just leave it at that. Yeah. 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 Like you said, there's no mm -hmm. real, there's no real risk. No, no, exactly. Going, oh, Maybe that is Maybe something. it is. And and it might not be. And, might, and that's yeah. okay. That is fully 100% okay yeah. if it's not. And the person's like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And you're like, yeah. oh, there isn't just thinking about you. Yeah. And like, that's nice to be thought of. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not a bad thing, mm. um, you know, using obviously all the wisdom that God's given you. Um, but yeah, to, to take a risk. And I think because we, we have 
uh, mystified, if that's mm. the word, that the Holy Spirit, then it's when we do the, oh, what am I going to do about my job? You know, should I marry this person? Should I buy this house? Should I move yeah. to this place? Then um, I think the more we do the little things and that we practice that, then when these big things occur, yeah. we're, we're just so much better. You know, it's like yeah. exercise, right? Yeah. You know, our muscles of faith have been mm. built up so we can trust in the spirit and, and listen and go, yeah, I think that's yeah. – you know, yeah, we're talking about do. pelvic floor that way, right? Oh, so, did you? Yeah, the spirit muscle is like a pelvic floor. Pelvic must, floor. Must train it every day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wasn't. I wasn't part of this conversation. Well, no, that's really that. interesting. Yeah, it's pelvic floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so oh, it's it was a Maris and Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> crucial. Building this muscle yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah pelvic there you floor go. is crucial. There you go. The midwife has entered the chat. So what you're saying is the Holy Spirit is like a pelvic floor. Yeah, clench for ten seconds and release. And then it gets strong. I that's think. right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Or you could just use your biceps if that's something you're not comfortable with out there. Yeah. yeah. So you could use your biceps. Any kind of muscle like that you re- use yeah. it over and over again and it builds up, right? And it becomes strong. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, yes. I don't know where to come back from. <laughs> Let me come back. I Let think come back. Um, keep like yeah. that kind of picking up the little things, that's totally yeah. where it ties into pace. And yeah. if we're not leaving any margin in our mm. life to to notice those thoughts, if someone keeps popping yeah. into my head and I'm like, I just don't have time for you. Like, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. text yeah. you. Yeah. Like, that's when we're missing the call, the yeah. little everyday things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the world could be transformed by little things. I'm, I'm a massive fan of little things. Mm. Uh, I like Lego, you know, <laughs> what you can build with it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, you know, little tiny um, acts of kindness yeah. or, or just comfort or encouragement or support, yeah. uh, they actually mean stuff. And, and we really do not know other people's journeys and what people are going through. Mm. Like, people are, are, are struggling, you know, with mental health issues and depression and job loss and and health and uh and just life is difficult and and if god has got an army of people who are being made into his image who you know walking with him and they're they're doing these little acts of kindness i think we shouldn't underestimate what god can do through that Mm. like god can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine even in the small stuff uh and even if you know even if we never get a big call of the holy spirit on our lives like lego it's the little bricks that build up to something big yeah um, and so let me encourage you to, you know, listen and, and be wise, but, you know, take a little bit of a risk. It's a little mm. bit scary, but, you know, give it a whirl. <laughs> Maybe God's in it. What a great, what a great challenge to kind yeah. of yeah. lead us into the week and Ooh. kind of wrap up plan A for plan us. A. So Rox, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, yeah, such you. a treat. Loved Thank it. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jess. Yeah. Here we go. The end of a series and what a series it's been. What's what's kind of sticking in your mind after that conversation with Rox? I think it was way back in question one, just when she was talking about bringing in your own agendas and and this like act when you're trying to um, talk about the gospel plainly. I was just super convicted of my own kind of things that I bring into evangelism. Um, and I obviously like to talk cause I'm on a podcast as you can. <laughs> and so a lot of it is like, this is my time to shine. Like, this is what I've been working up for. Let's go, let's do this. And so I hold my drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a lot of the time I think I just miss the mark and I, I I'm not good at reading the room and, mm. and meeting people where they're at. And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. Mm. I think that's something so important. 
I'm always looking for ways as a Christian to stand out in our society because mm. I think we've kind of taken the back seat. And so by kind of being the front runners in, in our environmental change and, and, and helping people that are the marginalised and, yeah. and the, the less is, is really important to me as well. Mm. So I really liked that conversation around mm. being kind of, yeah, being the change. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. What about you? Yeah, I, I was really convicted by that idea that maybe we've um, – we've compartmentalized the gospel yeah, um, to yeah. just being about Jesus and salvation. Yeah. Just, you know, just to say though, huge part of the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> huge, one of the huge, major parts. Pretty significant. <laughs> yeah. Pretty significant. In fact, the one thing that if we didn't have, we probably wouldn't be here. It would not be so the gospel. <laughs> I don't want to belittle yeah. <laughs> what Jesus did on the cross in any way, shape or form. But I do think that there is, you know, Man, God is big, and let's mm. not let's not try and belittle Him. Um, let's not try and minimize the the ongoing work that He is doing in our world, and the just the mm. the monumental display of yeah. His grace and glory and power and plans. Like, I just think, like for me, I just want to spend some time kind of reflecting on that and kind of wrapping my head around actually what like. I want to get a. I want. To, I want that big picture of the gospel. Yeah. I want to what know what that means for me and how that um, then shapes how I share what the gospel is and how faith shapes my life. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe I maybe I'm guilty of kind of just kind of going, hey, it's just about salvation. Yeah. Again, super important. Um, <laughs> super, super, super important. But. Um, again, so much of everything that we've said is that people are on a journey and mm. maybe someone's not ready for that part of the gospel yet. Maybe yeah. they're not ready to, to kind of navigate everything that salvation kind of encapsulates. Maybe what they need to know is God, the creator yeah. and how he's entrusted this world to us and how he's restoring it and how, when he first created it, it was perfect. And he's working towards making that mm. again. And we can be a part of that and, you know, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and we've touched on this before in an, in another podcast that like this generation, like my generation, our generation, we don't, we're not okay with the whole sin thing. We, they, like, we don't quite <laughs> get it. It's a bit jarring and we are in a, you know, I'm telling you, good people, you know, like mm. people don't understand this whole, like you're broken and you're sinful mm. and you need a savior. And so getting them kind of another part of the gospel that is really relatable to them or something they're intrigued about is yeah. a really cool thought to yeah, have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us Thank this week, you. Jessica Baker. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, let me know how the Christmas tree decorating goes. It will be delightful. First <laughs> of December only, guys. <laughs> Well, if you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure that you're at one of our online services this Sunday at gbconline.org.au and that you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Well, thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big. Thank you.